You may be seated. Our Lenten sermon series is going to follow some characters uh, around the Old Testament as we trace through uh, the books of Ruth, First and Second Samuel, and First and Second Kings uh, throughout this season. And the first character trait we're going to look at today is that of loyalty. Uh, and we find that specifically in the character of Ruth. If the book of Ruth is not one that you're familiar with, it's one that could easily be looked over in the Old Testament because it's only four chapters long. Um, but it is also a wonderful story. It's also a story that is understandable and makes sense when you read it. And so it's a joy to read compared to some of the things that those of you in the Bible you're currently have had to read. Um, and so you might have noticed that we skipped over uh, a sermon on judges, and you can ask me about that later. Um, but anyway, so we are here in Ruth uh, today, which many of y'all will read Monday and Tuesday of this week as we, as, as we continue reading through the scripture. But I'm going to read all of Ruth chapter 1. During the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. A man with his wife and two sons went from Bethlehem of Judah to dwell in the territory of Moab. The name of that man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malone and Chilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem and Judah. They entered the territory of Moab and settled there. But Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. Then only she was left, along with her two sons. They took wives for themselves, Moabite women. The name of the first was Orpah, and the name of the second was Ruth. And they lived there for about ten years. But both of the sons, Malone and Chilion, also died. Only the woman was left without her two children and without her husband. Then she arose, along with her daughters-in-law, to return from the field of Moab, because while in the territory of Moab, she had heard that the Lord had paid attention to his people by providing food for them. She left the place where she had been, and her two daughters-in-law went with her. They went along the road in return to return to the land of Judah. Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go, turn back, each of you, to the household of your mother. May the Lord deal faithfully with you, just as you have with the dead and with me. May the Lord provide for you, so that you may find security, each woman in the household of her husband. Then she kissed them, and lifted up their voices, and wept. But they replied to her, No. Instead, we will return with you to your people. Naomi replied, turn back, my daughters. Why would you go with me? Will there again be sons in my womb that they would be husbands for you? Turn back, my daughters. Go. I am too old for a husband. If I were to say that I have hope, even if I had a husband tonight, and even more, if I were to bear sons, would you wait until they grow up? Would you refrain from having a husband? No, my daughters. This is more bitter for me than for you, since the Lord's will has come out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth stayed with her. Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law is returning to her people and to her gods. Turn back after your sister-in-law. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to abandon you, to turn back from following after you. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do this to me, and more so, if even death separates me from you. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her about it. So both of them went along until they arrived at Bethlehem. 
When they arrived at Bethlehem, the whole town was excited on account of them. And the women of the town asked, Can this be Naomi? She replied to them, Don't call me Naomi, but call me Mara. For the Almighty has made me very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has returned me empty. Why would you call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has deemed me guilty? Thus Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, returned with her from the territory of Moab. They arrived in Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. For a book of the Bible, one key character seems to be missing in a lot of the book of Ruth. And that character is God. We don't hear much directly about the Lord in this wonderfully composed story. It is not that God is particularly absent. It is just that Ruth is not telling us the story about one of Israel's leaders or about laws coming to the people of Israel. Ruth is a unique book in this way. It is about everyday life and people. And so the question that we must ask today when we approach Ruth is this. How is God involved in everyday life with everyday people? I find this story particularly helpful. And one of the reasons why Ruth has become possibly my favorite Old Testament character and story. For at the heart of Ruth is the interplay between God's purpose and will and human decisions and will. We enter this story, it says, in the days when the judges ruled. And even that first sentence would give the Israelite hearer pause. This was not an innocent statement. For those of us reading the Bible here right now, we have been through the book of Judges this week. Some of us may have fallen behind in the book of Judges this week. Judges could also be titled The Failures of Israel and Its Leadership. Moreover, during the time of Judges, outsiders were not safe, especially women. In the second verse, we learn that Elimelech and his wife Naomi had to flee Bethlehem, which literally and ironically means the house of bread. They fled to Moab to find food. Moab was dicey territory for Israel, already having to flee the promised land of milk and honey to depend upon foreign nations. Any Israelite reading this story who heard about people having to flee their homeland during a famine would hear echoes of Joseph's story. They would hear and remember stories of slavery in Egypt. Moreover, Elimelech and Naomi's Israelite sons married Moabite women. Marrying women outside of the people of Israel had been forbidden over and over, especially emphasized in Deuteronomy. And then to top off the entire story, Naomi experiences death that is tragic. First, her husband dies. And then her two sons die as well. Naomi is left in a foreign land without the provision and safety of the men in her family, which in that culture meant everything, essentially stuck with these two daughters-in-law, Moabite women named Orpah and Ruth. I would like to present to you one word 
that I believe is especially important in the book of Ruth. And I believe this Hebrew word is the one thing that Ruth is trying to show us, the hearers. This word is the Hebrew word chesed. The way we might spell that is H-E-S-E-D. I, would not, I do not emphasize Greek and Hebrew words much, but I think this might be the most important word in all of the Old Testament is this word chesed. The word hesed gets translated into English as steadfast love or loving kindness or faithful love. Scholar Candy Queen Sutherland states this about hesed. Hesed is the Hebrew term that describes acts of goodness done out of kindness without any obligation or expectation for reciprocity. For the Hebrew people, the Lord acted with hesed towards them often. Most especially, they understood the giving of the law at Sinai to be the greatest sign of God's chesed, God's steadfast love. Every year, the Jews celebrate the Feast of Weeks. This is the celebration both of the giving of the law at Sinai and of the harvest. It essentially is a celebration of God's chesed. And every year in their liturgical calendar, the story of Ruth is read at the Feast of Weeks. Ruth has become synonymous for Jewish people with this hesed character of God. So in this first chapter of Ruth, Naomi urges her daughters-in-law to return to their homes and to find other husbands. She's going to go back to Bethlehem and knows that there will be nothing for these women in Bethlehem. But what does Ruth do? The scripture tells us that while Orpah followed Naomi's guidance, Ruth stayed with her. Then Ruth says these famous words, Don't urge me to abandon you, to turn away from following you. Wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. Ruth shows Naomi chesed. This is shocking. For remember, Ruth is an outsider, a Moabite. This would have been scandalous for the Israelite reader, the very fact that a foreign woman was showing the very characteristic of God's loving kindness to a Judean family. Ruth's words are even stronger than they come across in our English translations This brief statement from Ruth might be one of the most used wedding scriptures. And while that's okay, and chesed is a great virtue to show within a marriage, Ruth is using forceful language to Naomi here. Candy Sutherland states that Ruth asserts her own vision of reality over and against Naomi's reasoned logic. She writes, it is not that Naomi's people shall be her people, and Naomi's God shall be her gods. In Hebrew, no verbs bind the words together. Ruth states flatly, your people, my people, your gods, my gods. Friends, Ruth is making a definitive choice in this scene. She will not follow the common logic of Naomi, a logic that required husbands and sons to exist in society. Ruth was giving up that common logic of the day in order to display chesed, faithfulness, loving kindness, loyalty to Naomi. Now that alone is really beautiful. It is a statement about loyalty, 
and about commitment, far above and beyond anything that Ruth had signed up for as a widowed daughter-in-law. But the theme of loyal love goes even deeper in this story. For as Ruth and Naomi return to Bethlehem, Ruth goes out looking for food for them. So she goes to glean in a field, a practice that we read about in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. And Ruth just so happens to be gleaning in the field of a man named Boaz, who is a relative of Naomi. Boaz hears about Ruth in the field, and he speaks to her. He says, everything that you did for your mother-in-law after your husband's death has been reported fully to me. How you left behind your father, your mother, and the land of your birth and came to a people you hadn't known beforehand. May the Lord reward you for your deed. May you receive a rich reward from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you've come to seek refuge. Now, that's just the beginning. Boaz does show loyalty to Ruth. He looks after her, makes sure that she will have plenty of food to glean and that she'll be safe. But then Ruth and Naomi come up with a plan. By Israelite law, a close, fam- a close relative of the family could serve as a family redeemer. You might have heard the term kinsman redeemer. They had the rights to marry the widow, to keep a family line going, and to protect and provide for that widow. So in the cover of darkness, Ruth approaches Boaz and asks for his redemption. Boaz reacts with amazement and blesses Ruth, and he states that she has acted with Chesed. Boaz will become Ruth's and Naomi's redeemer. He will provide life and home for Naomi when all she thought that remained for her was bitterness. Loyalty of this sort, the kind that Ruth offers to Naomi, and now that Boaz will offer to Ruth and Naomi, is costly. It is sacrificial love. I believe that Boaz responds with such hesed towards Ruth because he sees the hesed that she has shown to Naomi. In a sense, Ruth is ruthless with her loyalty. you got to like that line. In a sense, Ruth, you don't come across those all the time, Ruth is ruthless with her loyalty. She does what doesn't make sense. Trusting in the call she senses, likely in her gut, led by the Holy Spirit. So that's it, right? Happily ever after. Well, yes, in a sense. But there are even broader implications of Ruth's hesed. The first result of her loyalty is this. It's a redefinition of the purpose of God's covenant with Israel. For after reading through the book of the law, all 611 or so laws, it is easy to see how some people might become sticklers for the Torah. It would not be hard for a person to become legalistic with these laws in place. But the book of Ruth pushes against a lot of that legalism. For the Jewish people, the Torah is always a gift to be celebrated. Its true intention is chesed, which must always reflect God's chesed. God's loving kindness redeems seemingly impossible circumstances like those of Naomi, God's chesed is always open toward the outsider, not closed off to them. Thus Ruth, the Moabite woman, displays the very chesed character of God. She is a witness to the heart of the law, and as an outsider, even experienced the generosity of God's covenant, 
by being able to glean in the field of an Israelite. So what's the purpose of the law? It is first to reflect the hesed of God. Ruth reflects God's incessant and reckless hesed love, even though she was a foreign outsider, even though she was a woman. When Jesus will be asked what the greatest commandment is, he essentially says, Hesed, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And the second's like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets, he says, hang on these two commands. This is what Ruth displays in this brief but significant story. Ruth's loyalty also has another result. From the final verses of this story, we learn about the lineage that will come from Ruth, the Moabite foreigner. Ruth and Boaz have a son, and the scripture says the neighborhood women gave him a name, saying, a son has been born to Naomi. They called his name Obed. He became Jesse's father and David's grandfather, the grandfather of David, the same David who in the next book of the Bible will be anointed the king of Israel, the same David who will be promised by the Lord that someone from his line will always be on the throne of Israel, the same David whom Jesus will descend from. The story that began with death in the time of Judges a time of unfaithfulness, now ends with life. Life for Naomi and Ruth, life for this new child, and life to come in the new covenant that will be formed between God and David, Ruth's great-grandson. Ordinary people. That's who Ruth is. Her hesed, her loving kindness, reflected God's hesed, redeeming Naomi, redeeming her dead husband, and through her offspring, redeeming all of Israel. Ruth shows us that we, you and me, can be a part of God's chesed in the world. We not only imitate the chesed of God, we also become a part of the reckless loyalty of God's love. God's love towards outsiders, God's love towards the seemingly undeserving this is the power of loyalty. So is God invisible in Ruth? Hardly. God is made visible through the Hesed loyalty that Ruth shows, a loyalty that springs forth more loyalty with tremendous consequences. May you be empowered today to love with the ferocious loyalty of Ruth. Amen.